Good afternoon, folks. It's that time, 1 p.m. Saturday, time for the elephant in the room. I'm your host, Sam DeMarco, back from an extended stay yesterday. <laughs> a little vacay. Uh, yeah, I wish. But hey, we're here with the elephant in the room here on WJAS 1320 AM. I'm here with my trusty sidekick, John Schneider, the very best executive director of any Republican committee in the state. And our producer, Dazzling Daryl Grandy. No matter what we say, no matter how we say it, no matter when we say it, Daryl finds a way to get our thoughts to you over the airwaves here and via podcast and does a fantastic job doing it. Good to have he you back, Sam. Well, good to be here, Daryl. Hey, folks, I know he can't hear you, but how about a hand yeah, for John right. and Daryl? All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks, guys. Now, hey, folks, we're going to kick it right off because we have a big show to plan for you today. And, uh, you know, here in Allegheny County, we're coming up. Mail-in ballots started to go out the other day here on Thursday, April 20th, and over-the-counter voting, meaning you can go down to the elections office. It's on the third floor of the county office building on Forbes Avenue. It's across the street from the city county building and Caddy Corner to the uh, county courthouse. But you can go down there, and you could go to the third floor and actually apply for a mail-in ballot right there, fill it out, and turn it back in. So essentially, you're like voting over the counter. So that's something that can be done. Something that I urge folks that, hey, if you're not sure that you can vote on election day, or if you're busy, you think you might be out of town, or hey, the kids are always running around, they got a lot of stuff going on, might want to think about doing that. I highly urge you to do it. This is a big election. It's a big year. I want your voices to be heard. I want you to get involved. So how about that? Let's get out the vote here in 2023. Now, I'm telling you, we got a great show today. And one of the reasons why we have a great guest in the room with us today. Daryl's Dungeon. Yes, Daryl Dungeon. <laughs> My friend, Mike Ambrescia. Mike, hey. uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sam. Great to be here. Thanks, John. Thanks, Daryl. Uh, it's an honor to be here. Well, folks, Mike is going to be running for Allegheny County Council in District 5. Mm-hmm. District 5 encompasses Upper St. Clair, mm-hmm. Bethel Park, Mount Lebanon, and Dormont. Yep. So we got a big election this year. The incumbent... Tom Dewar has decided not to seek re-election. He intends to sacrifice himself, you know, and get blistered and defeated next year <laughs> by our current senator, Devlin Robinson, state senator in the 37th state senatorial district. So, Mike, yeah. tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks, Sam. Uh, Mike Embrasia. I'm a, a resident of Mount Lebanon, and I've obviously been a part of the, the political uh, network here for, gosh, at least 10 years uh, in various positions. Uh, my background, running a large commercial real estate group, BOMA, Building Owners and Managers Association. So I spent a lot of time in Harrisburg and D.C. Mm-hmm. lobbying with our lobbying professionals here. So that's where I, where I really got a taste of the political world, uh, essentially how the sausage is made. It was always on that other side. And then uh, I think we moved forth into 2020, got asked to run Devlin Robinson's campaign as mm-hmm. his campaign manager and it was funny I got the phone call I was on the second day of my vacation and the group up here in Pittsburgh says hey listen we'd like you to to jump in and run Devlin's campaign I said where is he in the polls I said down 17 I said really (laughs) go find somebody else (laughs) they called back the second day and and I really like Devlin he he and I have met many times prior so I jumped in and at the time I was 42 years old so I said go find a 20 year old to run this campaign yeah today, you know, 44 years old. and But then, you know, we just got down to it. And the reason I share that, I think it's really relevant to our story, what we're doing in, in, in District 5. Uh, Tom Dewar, who coincidentally was actually running Devlin's opponent, Pam Iovino, mm-hmm. as, as my counterpart, he was the campaign manager over there. So we would butt heads indirectly while we were trying to put forth our candidate. And, you know, Devlin ended up winning by five points in a district that is relatively blue. And why do I share that? Because, you know, we took a candidate who is a Republican in a, in a relatively blue district, 
and just showed the community what his true colors were. You know, mm-hmm. Devlin is not by any means a, an, an aggressive or a, a far whatever candidate. He is just right down the middle. He speaks to the voters. I mean, you look no further than today. You see the guy, he is everywhere. Handing Absolutely. out an Eagle Scout badge or going to a, a picnic. Or today I saw him going to a company and, and watching how they're yeah, ribbon cuttings at firms and right. tech, tech firms He's and Clinton in PA and everything else. <laughs> everything. He's in it for the right reasons. And mm-hmm. and when we ran that campaign, you know, it was very important. You know, you have all these groups coming out saying, you got to be more of this, you got to be more of that. Devlin just said, no, I'm going to be myself. Mm-hmm. And when he asks you a question, he asks how you are, he asks how your family is, he, he cares, he means it. And so, you know, fast forward to when I made the decision it was very simple for me. I have always been on the outskirts. I was running the Mount Lebanon Committee. When I jumped into Mount Lebanon Committee, I think there was like six or seven people on committee. And we grew it to, gosh, 60 plus and grew it to, you know, over a thousand people on an email list, new logo, new website, you know, fundraising conduit. We rebuilt the infrastructure of Mount mm-hmm. Lebanon's Republican Committee um, when it had been long dormant. There are wonderful people in Mount Lebanon uh, right now who are, who are carrying the flag. Um, and, and doing a hell of a job. So I'm really proud of that. But at the time, they needed a catalyst. And it was never my job to stay on long term. It was just apply my business principles, which I'll get into in a second, mm-hmm. and just try to reinvigorate uh, the Mount Lebanon community. You know, I'm not from Pittsburgh, but when you hear the stories of 30, 40 years ago, gosh, even 20 plus years ago, Mount Lebanon was the bastion of the Republican Party for the Commonwealth. You know, you, you, if you're running for state office, uh, you went through Mount Lebanon to seek uh, to seek uh, approval and and support. That has obviously switched. Mount Lebanon is now sixty five blue, thirty four ish red, and the rest of it's independent. So I am. You know, the chips are stacked against me. But again, I pull from my Dublin experience uh, and I pull from my background that I'm I'm of the same fabric. Uh, I'm I'm not a far right person, and I I hope that doesn't push away uh, some of our listeners here. That's just not me. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to serve a community, you have to serve a, a constituency that, you know, has differing thoughts and opinions. And, you know, I care about that. So when I made the decision uh, to run for council, uh, at, for everybody, Sam and I were going back and forth, and there were some candidates that were considering throwing their hat in the ring. It was Super Bowl Sunday, if you remember. It was, it was right before yep. kickoff, five minutes before kickoff. And I made the decision to run. And I kid you not, I think petitions were already out. I decided to hop on Twitter, which I rarely do. So I hopped on Twitter and I saw the Twitter feed of the of the Democratic candidate mm-hmm. uh, in District Five, and I started to see the trail of everything that was being posted and written, and that's what changed my mind. True story. That's exactly what changed my mind. And I called Sam ten minutes later and said, "Sam, I'm in." You remember? No, absolutely. And yeah. I, I tell you, what, I couldn't have been more pleased. Uh, listen, I, one of the things that I've tried to do since I took over as the chair of the Republican Party here, is to really, you know, change the direction the county party was mm-hmm. going, okay? And, and and it's not going to all happen overnight, mm-hmm. you know, but we're doing our best. And, and when I talk about changing the direction, one, I only wanted to field candidates mm-hmm. in races where we could get good sure. or in even exceptional candidates. Sure. I think we've done that this year with Joe Rocky, the former chief risk officer of PNC, mm-hmm. you know, running for county executive here. Mm-hmm. And we've done it, I think, with in our uh, county council races. We have Suzanne Filiaggi, mm-hmm. who's currently on county council with me, and she represents District 2. Mm-hmm. But Suzanne is an attorney. She used to work in the uh, district attorney's office. She's worked as an arbiter for the county. She's a small business owner. She's a chief operating officer. Sure. You know, for her company. And then we come to you. My <laughs> gosh, Mike. I mean, uh, 
you know, you are the chief business development officer for Carnegie Robotics. Carnegie Robotics, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, here's a guy that's, you know, young, got a mm-hmm. growing, a new family. Yeah. Okay. Got the world at his feet. But yet you're willing to take and sacrifice some of your time mm-hmm. because you care about your community. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, you're what we need. Mm-hmm on Allegheny County Council. We need people who understand what's at stake. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was recently reported that Allegheny County has lost 50,000 jobs. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's Folks, that's 50, that's almost the entire occupancy mm-hmm. of uh, Acrosource Stadium. Sure. Okay. Uh, you talk to other folks. I talked to the county executive, Rich Fitzgerald, and Rich says, well, Sam, you know, that, that that's true. But he said, but we also have 35,000 unfilled jobs mm-hmm. and he said people lacking the skill sets necessary for the jobs that are available so mike you know having being the chief business development officer mm-hmm. for a company on the leading edge right. of technology here you know uh, how do you believe that you'll be able to contribute mm-hmm. to help us identify areas where we can assist and direct folks from a workforce development perspective mm-hmm. to be able to fill these jobs with residents of Allegheny County here today, mm-hmm. as well as attract new residents mm-hmm. to come to this area? Yeah, it's a great question, and thanks for the kind words. Uh, I've been fortunate in my business career. Um, again, not from Pittsburgh. I moved to Pittsburgh in 07 to get my MBA at Duquesne. Mm-hmm. Uh, great and, school. Yeah, wonderful school. And got my MBA. Uh, my wife and I were married. She went back to school as well uh, for medicine. She's a physician. And we bought our first house in Dormont. 2007, uh, just bought a tiny, tiny home in Mount and uh, Dormont. Lived there for seven, almost eight, actually eight years, and uh, then decided to, to relocate to Mount Lebanon. We wanted to stay in Dormont. We love Dormont, so it's fitting that the district I'm pursuing <laughs> is is encompassing Dormont. But if you would have asked me in January, December, November, I I, I was not pursuing this office. Mm-hmm. There, there I, I had 0.0 interest in this. It just it, it evolved that way. Testament, testament, folks, to my recruiting skills. Yes, it, yeah, yeah, it was. And, and, and Sam, you knew that. And when I said, no, 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 I, you know, I, I, I really do have a great career. So to, to what you're referencing, um, you know, I've been able to really uh, bolster my career. I'm the, I'm the chief development officer for Carnegie Robotics, which uh, is one of the preeminent robotics companies in, in, in the country, dare I say the world. Uh, founded, it was a spin out of Carnegie Mellon in 2010 at a time when my founder and my boss, mm-hmm. there was only four, maybe five robotics companies in Pittsburgh. Um, and they started in a trailer. And that trailer grew to two trailers and it grew to our massive five acre facility, the old, the former Heppenstall mm-hmm. Steel Company in Lawrenceville. That is our, our headquarters. Um, and a lot of wonderful things have happened. If I could take a sidebar, then get to your sure. question on the jobs. Uh, you know, to, to think about the what I have been access to through my boss and my executive team and, and, and my team, you know, 2010, you're founded. 2013, you move into this big, beautiful facility. Still, Lawrenceville was relatively an undesirable place to live. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 2015, the CEO of Uber came by and said, hey, listen, I want to create an, a, an autonomous vehicle. So it actually started in our building for the first 10, 10 months. Everybody saw the Uber cars driving up and down the roads. Um, my boss becoming the founding director of that. And they bought some IP, you know, peeled off half of our team, and they grew and they grew. And then all these other autonomous vehicle companies started mm-hmm. all through Pittsburgh. And then finally, uh, thankfully, uh, my boss and everybody else came back to Carnegie Robotics because we are privately held. We have no venture capital or private equity backing. It's a private company. 
of which our ownership table is very simple. I'm an owner of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, and today we stand at about 225 people uh, with a very strong balance sheet. Uh, especially in this uncertain economic time, we've been able to uh, keep that footing, but we do so by being very lean and very conservative in our outlook, in the businesses and the products that we in the projects that we pursue, uh, but also in how we hire. So we don't, we're not venture backed, so we can't hire a hundred people at a time. And, you know, because usually when you see those spikes, it's yep. usually followed by a decline. Yep. So if we hired three to five more people over the next, you know, three to four months, um, that would be a good quarter for us. However, um, I do have a very clear look uh, and, and a hand on the pulse of the community. So I'm one of five executives in the company. There are five of us, four of which are engineers, two of them are PhDs, and then there's me. So I just you know, fight with mm-hmm. engineers all day. But we have a very strong team. When I wanted to pursue this office uh, next to my wife, uh, I asked my boss. I said, listen, I, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? And he's very measured. He's an intellect. He's going on the Mount Rushmore of robotics, no <laughs> question. He started the company, there was four. Today, there's over 120 robotics companies up and down robotics row. So we hear about that in the news. We were there before there was a row. So I take his opinion because not only do I value it as, as my mentor, he's a friend, and he said, I think you need to do this. Now, he and I are politically way opposite, mind mm-hmm. you. And so are the rest of my executive team. But he knows me. He knows my fabric. He knows that I would never paint the company in a bad light. This is probably the only time I'll mention the company publicly. Um, that was a promise I made, but I think he'll be okay with this. But he knows that I, I always look out for the folks around me because my job is as a collaborator. Case in point, John asked me in the lobby, hey, we missed you last week at the dinner. I was down in Florida for two straight days brokering peace between executives of a $12 billion publicly traded company you know, in their C-suite mm-hmm. and then my C-suite. And I was right in the middle trying to get these parties who both thought that they were right to come together and compromise, mm-hmm. right? I can apply those skills at the top level. You bet I can apply those skills in our, in our community. And that's really why I got the early support that I did because people have seen me in action. Right. Yeah. It's not one-sided. It's we ha- we, we're going to have to give up something in order to move it forward. So when you ask the question about losing jobs, I'll be the first to say that I'm a fan of County Executive Fitzgerald. I have a great relationship with County Executive Fitz. I think he's a good man. He's principally, he's just, he's principled. He's kind. He's always been good to me. I don't always agree with his politics, but I do believe he'd be the first to admit, you know, there are some shortfalls there in Mm -hmm. in the 50,000 lost jobs. We see tactically a couple of things that are occurring right now. Build Back Better came through. Build Back Better came through, and usually that's a circus through the Biden administration where everybody wants to throw their hat in the ring. Uh, Pittsburgh, you know, Pittsburgh Technology Council, Allegheny Conference at Development, and Pittsburgh Robotics Network, and all these players, RIDC. These are great players, by the way, and I have wonderful relations with all of them. And they all come together because they want to put forth an application so that they can get a piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. And they've done that north of $66, $67 million. Great. There's a chisel there's a piece of that plan, piece of that pie that focuses on workforce development. I can tell you that I fought against that because I'm not a proponent of workforce development. I've been a part of those programs in the past. I've, I've helped uh, guide and counsel and give presentations in my past on green building and this and that and the other, but I've never seen it yield a positive impact with employment, mm-hmm. right? Here's, here's how I view it. Now, I'm unprepared for the question, but I'm just, we're spitballing here. We have a dearth of education in our backyard. We have, quite frankly, the top education ecosystem. Probably, I would put pin us against anybody in the country. No question. There's a reason that Pittsburgh, with CMU and Pitt and Duquesne and La Roche and 
and, and Chatham and, and all the schools. The reason that this region is able to have such high energy with regards to economic development that, say, Detroit wouldn't. Because Detroit has Wayne State, and that's about it, right? It's a larger city. They got a lot of money. But guess what? People are moving out. People in Pittsburgh, we're moving in. We just need to find the work. So how do we do that? I think we need to give lots of resource to the folks. Matt Smith, who's the chief growth officer at the Allegheny Conference, armed Matt and his team at the Allegheny Conference. And I know people would roll their eyes when they hear that. I'm a proponent of it. Get them out there so that they can sell the region, period, end of sentence. That is the one thing I see. If you sell it on establishing a corporate headquarters here, pinpoint example, two nights ago, I was at a uh, at an event that Governor Shapiro was speaking at. I met with the group from Remake Engineering and Manufacturing that are relocating here, right? And they're gonna, they're gonna onboard 400 jobs, right? Guess what? They came through the Allegheny Conference Network. They went through Don Smith at RIDC, and they helped them find placement and show off that this is an amazing place to grow a business, right? We were mm -hmm. a part of that tour. If we continue to do that, that will yield benefits far greater than any other workforce development plans. And finally, and this is a very long-winded response, sorry. Finally, our political folks. Somebody posted on my LinkedIn yesterday, somebody I know and, and, and somebody I'm friendly with, but he said something about getting the cronies, the government cronies out of the way. There's some merit to that. However, you need, you need support from the county and the city, but really the county to help open the door for folks to start a business here and to nurture a business here. So hopefully Daryl can do a hell of a job of carving up my 20-minute soliloquy, but hopefully that answers your question. Well, it certainly uh, helps our audience maybe understand a little bit more about your background and your expertise and your ability to take and try to contribute here, okay? You know, I might have some disagreement hmm. with some of the things. I mean, we, it's, it's great when we have a company that decides that they're going to come here, and you mentioned the one uh, remake, I believe. Sure. And great, bring 400 jobs. Listen, I will stand and applaud mm -hmm. for that, right? But that doesn't necessarily take the people that are out of work here today right. that lack the skills yeah. to be able to fill mm -hmm. those positions, sure. okay, and prepare them for them. And, every, and while we do have a great deal of top-notch, world-class educational facilities here, mm -hmm. Everybody's not sitting around with a six-figure bank account can't having it. the ability to be able to go to college to do so. Mm -hmm. And I'm also concerned with what I'm seeing coming out of our universities. I mean, just this past week, you had a debate that was taking place on the University of Pittsburgh campus. Mm -hmm. And again, you had violence from these transgender activists sure. okay, who don't believe, apparently, in free speech. And we saw it just a few weeks ago when Raleigh Gange came and mm -hmm. spoke with the University of Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. You know, I applaud Chancellor Gallagher for saying that the University of Pittsburgh is going to stand up and we're going to take it have free speech and we're going to allow these people to speak because different voices need to be heard. Sure. <clears throat> but I'm not happy that these folks had to pay $27,000 in security <laughs> costs, okay, for them to take and make sure that you had to have uh, overtime for the University of Pittsburgh police officers mm -hmm. there because of these other folks right. that are causing trouble outside, trying to exercise a heckler's veto, yeah. okay? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> what we need here when we talk about things, Mike, and the reason why I recruited you the reason why we're looking for this is we need professionals on Allegheny County Council mm -hmm. who understand the basics about how we can take and create an atmosphere mm -hmm. to make it conducive mm -hmm. for businesses to want to relocate here. Correct. You talked about Matt Smith, Chief Growth Officer at the Allegheny Conference. I've known Matt for years. I think he's a great guy. Mm -hmm. I think he does a good job. Mm -hmm. But there have been critics of the Allegheny Conference in the past oh, yeah. feeling that they're more just answering the phone Mm -hmm. as opposed to going out and actively recruiting not just new businesses, yeah. but new industries sure. 
to move here and relocate here. And that's one of the things that that I know Christina Casos at the airport, oh, yeah. we're trying to do with Neighborhood 91, mm-hmm. try to make that the epicenter mm-hmm. of additive manufacturing yeah. you know, in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- th- these are, are things. And, and what's being lost here is county capital. You know, you only have a few duties. I mean, you take and you were Pass it. You pass an operating capital budget. Mm-hmm. You pass legislation initiated by the county executive, mm-hmm. members of council, or citizens through referendum. Sure. You oversee real estate and yeah. you levy all taxes and fees. Yep. That's pretty much it. That's okay. It. Right. So what's happening is we have radicals, mm-hmm. radical activists on Allegheny County Council today, mm-hmm. who are taking and promoting the idea for anybody that's out there watching that we don't have stability in government here. Correct. And when I talk with Rich Fitzgerald, when I talk to business owners and leaders from across the country, Mm -hmm. and what they tell me when they're looking to relocate a business, Mm -hmm. you know, in many of these things, they're billion-dollar investments, okay? Um, (laughs) They're looking for stability in government. Right. You know, and you look at what's happened. We've been very fortunate in this area with, uh, you know, the natural gas industry, Mm -hmm. okay? You know, a lot of folks in the city itself don't understand and don't see it. But all the improvements that we've been able to make in our parks— in the last eight years, mm-hmm. okay, that money has come from fracking. Sure. They were building a brand new terminal yeah. at the airport yes. to try to attract mm-hmm. you know, new carriers, to try to promote business and leisure travel, mm-hmm. right? We're doing all this without a single dime of tax county taxpayer money, okay? Sure. Right. <clears throat> we're doing it through fracking dollars, and yet we have radicals on Allegheny County Council. I'll use one for example. Uh, my uh, counterpart, Bethany Hallam, mm-hmm. the at-large Democrat, uh, it's out there campaigning now on wanting to take and pass a ban on fracking in Allegheny County. Sure. How would we take and pay for the improvements in our parks? Mm-hmm. How would we take and pay for our airport? Mm-hmm. What message would we be sending to potential industries? I mean, U.S. Steel has already abandoned yeah. a billion and a half dollar project, mm-hmm. you know, because of this type of behavior and things like that. We have things that we need to do. Mm-hmm. So. This is why I'm looking to get someone like yourself, mm-hmm. you know, on console, why we need to have voices that are reasonable, mm-hmm. but that are also wise. Sure. You know, understand what's required, understand what's involved, understand how to put, yeah. how a deal comes together, yeah. and are willing to support an administration in doing so. Yeah, putting a deal together and, and, and establishing compromise is, is, it's an art really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a science, but you get good enough. It's an art. I think I'm bordering that. I'm just being modest in my career. Uh, three items real quick, and I'll keep keep it short. One on the Allegheny Conference. Yeah, I'm aligned there on on the history and the thinking of, 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 of their process. I think Matt elevating to his role is going to change that. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not just, I'm, yeah, he's a friend, but he's, I know he's ardent about that, about going out there. Secondly, I have experience in that because when I had a tech startup back in 2013, 2014-ish, um, there wasn't a lot of investment dollars flowing into Pittsburgh. So I tagged along with a lot of other outfits to be the delegation to go to San, you know, San Francisco, Silicon Valley, Boston, Austin, mm-hmm. et cetera, to try to attract dollars here. Mm-hmm. You have to take the same principles and apply it to business, right? You have to go out there and you have to to, to, to show a welcoming environment. What's going on with right now with the city, with development fees, you can't even have, you know, right now there's a big ruckus and it has nothing to do with county council uh, about what the development fees are, the, the planning and the um, mm-hmm. the zoning fees to get to get well, a building out the of the city, ground. Right, that's going on in city yeah. council, right. It is going in the city council, but it's a, it's a mess. So we're doing everything, in some respects, we're doing everything, and then the political affront, we're doing everything in our power to push businesses away. Now, to the county council piece, again, harken back to the days of me sitting in a chair when I was rehabbing my shoulder 
had shoulder surgery mm-hmm. and I Super Bowl Sunday and I'm looking at Twitter and I see this stuff. The the things that the Democratic challenger were was spouting out there is one hundred percent aligned with with the councilwoman that you speak of. Absolutely. And that to me I don't know uh, Councilwoman Hallam. I don't know her. I don't want to speak ill of her. I could tell you that my politics don't align with hers. The tactics certainly do not align with hers because you cannot burn the forest. There's that old adage, you know, some can see the forest through the trees and some Mm -hmm. just want to see the forest burn. I'm getting the sense that there are some amongst our politic that just simply want to see the forest burn. That is not progress. Another example, we were running Devlin. And I know at the time that there was the far left was trying to push Representative, I'm sorry, Senator Costa out. Senator Costa at the time was a majority Mm -hmm. leader on the Democratic side. Right? Politics minority are different. Leader, yeah. Minority leader. Yep, at the yep, time, he was yep. right, the minority leader. Sorry. To me, that is, it, it is nonsensical, right? It, it, it defies logic. Because while Jay is a Democrat, Senator Costa is a Democrat, he also had the wonderful ability of crossing the aisle and communicating and compromising. We didn't always agree with him, but he had the ability to communicate. The other side wanted to ostracize him because they just wanted to say no. Just say no, no, no. And let me tell you something. In our county government, we cannot do that. We can't afford to do that. That's why I feel I'm equipped. Why? And I'll, I'll follow up with this final point. I want to help. Look at my background in business. I know how the political game works. I admire it and respect it. I believe I view it as an art. Mm-hmm. But also, I believe that I have the professionalism to bring a little decorum back to the office so that my you daughters, certainly need that. My daughters and my community and my neighbors who are even Democrats can look at it and say, you know what? I'm starting to respect county government again. Well, listen, Mike, it has been a pleasure to have you on the show here. Hope to have you back here as this campaign unfolds. Yeah, thank you. Okay, yeah. but uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Appreciate it. Folks, we're going to take a break. This is Sam DeMarco, Elephant in the Room on WJAS 1320 AM. The midterm elections are in the rearview mirror, and now it's time to start finding great school board candidates for 2023. Convince the right candidates to run using the Get Elected app for easy-to-understand voter data and analysis, canvassing tools, and more. Visit getelected.org and show them the path to victory. Get elected. Campaign with confidence. Welcome back, folks. We're back to the Elephant in the Room on WJS 1320 AM. Hey, John, in our first segment, it was a great segment we had with Mike Abrescia here, candidate for county council in district five and you know i let off talking about how this past thursday on april 20th mail-in ballots started to go out in allegheny county and over-the-counter voting was also permitted well you know i've talked before about people how they should take if if you're not sure you can make it to the polls if you might be busy if something might come up hey take it vote by mail get that vote in make it count while right here on my email I just got an email from the Department of State Same here. that my ballot was just sent out. It's on the way. You know, so folks, when you do that, every aspect of the process is actually tracked and you're notified. So what's going to happen is it's telling me my ballot's coming. When I return my ballot, I'll get an email telling me that my ballot has been received. And that's when how I know that it's going to be counted. So uh, it is, despite, you know, some still complaining and refusing to, you know, get on board with the roles we have in place here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania today, uh, it is a reliable means to make your voice be heard and your vote be counted. So uh, please consider it. Now, John, on the phone, on the other line here, we have someone calling in very, very busy out there traversing the entire state. And it's not like we live in Rhode Island or Delaware. Please welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, candidate for Superior Court in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, Maria Batista. Maria, welcome to the show. 
Thank you so much. I'm glad to be with you today. Well, we're glad to have you. So, hey, like I said, this isn't Rhode Island or Delaware. How are your travels across the state going? They are amazing. The people have been wonderful across the Commonwealth, whether I'm in a rural area, a suburban area, or an urban area. Everyone has been welcoming, and we are working so hard as a team of four. It's not just me for Superior Court. It's also Judge Harry Smale, and we have Carolyn Carluccio at the top of the ticket for Supreme Court, and we have Megan Martin for the Commonwealth Court. We are working as a team. I'm just sitting here right now in Jefferson County, and I was with Judge Carluccio in Jefferson County at the courthouse, and we met some of the folks there. She's now going up to Elk County. I'm going to Clarence, and we're going to meet back up. of us in Venango County this evening, and I started my day in Clearfield County with the DA and some of the chiefs of police. You know, every day is different. You know, like last week, we were in Allegheny County, and you guys had an amazing event last week with so many wonderful people, and you know, we're just looking forward to get through May 16th and going on to the November election and getting four for four in November. No, absolutely. Listen, it was great seeing you last week. We're happy you were able to make it, and I'm glad that we were able to put on a good show for you and the other guests that attended the dinner. We got the opportunity to hear from uh, not just uh, Judge Carluccio, but we got to hear from our county executive candidate, got to hear from a potential possible Senate candidate in Dave McCormick and our keynote speaker was Alabama Senator Katie Britt. I mean, boy, was was she, wasn't she? I mean, very enthusiastic, right? Yes. And you know, she said something that I think would resonate with the voters. And when we're getting this message out, you know, you want conservative judges who are going to uphold the law and the constitution. And everybody wants one thing when they go to court and and they see a judge, and that is equal justice under the law. Mm -hmm. Uh, Senator from Alabama says, you know, justice must be blind. And she is so right. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, you know, what your past is. This is a new hearing or a trial and whatever the case might be. And you have to be treated with respect and civility when you go in that courtroom from the judge. And the judge must be fair and impartial and give that individual the opportunity to be heard. No, you're spot on there. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, we're fighting so hard to get the four of you, the four endorsed candidates here elected, okay? Because we know that you'll uphold the law as written and provide justice for all. Uh, An aside here, let me digress for just a second. Last night, I returned an email from the League of Women Voters telling me it was their third notification to me. They wanted me to take and participate in their forum and answer the questions in their voter guide and the whole bit. And I responded, thank you, but I'm going to decline because I don't view the League of Women Voters as a nonpartisan organization anymore. And also the questions they were asking, and this is where it ties in with you. One of the questions they wanted to know was, what am I going to do to promote racial and social justice, okay? And I've always believed, as you articulated, that justice is blind, okay? Under the law, all of us deserve equal justice. That's correct. And, and, and the, 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 the left is continually looking for these activist judges who will legislate from the bench trying to win victories there that they can't in the legislature. And and that's why it is so important for the people of Pennsylvania, whether you're voting now via by mail or over the counter, or you're going to the polls on May 16th, that you vote for our slate of candidates, including Maria Batista, who's on the line with us today, her colleague, Harry Smale, judge of Westmoreland County, Carolyn Carluccio, candidate for the Supreme Court here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, and Megan Martin running for Commonwealth Court here. It's important that in critical that we take and elect all of these folks here, nominate all of them here in May, and take and help them and, 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 and push them to victory in November. 
That is so, so true. You know, we're in the minority in the Supreme Court. And even when Carolyn Carluccio wins in November, we're going to be one seat short. We have to win that Supreme Court seat this year. And then when the next one comes up, we have to work just as hard and make sure the next person is also elected. For the Superior Court, there are 15 seats. Right now, there's one vacancy. And when Judge John Bender retires at the end of the year because mm-hmm. of age out, that'll be a second Republican seat. If we, we have to win the two seats in November for Republicans to stay in the majority, or we will also be in the minority like the Supreme Court. Yeah, and this is the thing. People don't understand, Maria, to your point, how these things have changed, how the winds have shifted. Okay, and many folks don't understand because they're busy raising their families or, you know, trying to work and make a living and things like that. Uh, they really don't see how activist these courts have gotten. I mean, you look at what happened with the Pennsylvania Supreme Court in the elections. I mean, go back even before 2020 election, in 2018, you know, they took and rolled and changed the, uh, the congressional districts after they'd been in place for eight years. They'd been agreed to by both parties had been signed by the governor that had been in office at the time, Governor Rendell, okay? Uh, They just decided, nope, we're going to change it. And they went and hired some guy out of Stanford, a professor in Stanford, to draw new districts and altered the balance of Congress here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. You follow it up with 2020. We come to court. You have Act 77. These folks created out of thin air drop boxes, satellite voting offices, three-day extensions, and things of that nature. Now, look, we can't change any of that. I just used those as examples of what an activist court does instead of rolling on the law on what whether the what legislation that was passed by the legislature is constitutional or not. These are people that have actually actively altered the law. And that's what needs to stop. And with them controlling one court today, the danger of you and Harry not winning and the second appellate court falling into Democratic hands would not bode well for justice here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. It would not. And, you know, I've talked to a number of district attorneys and police officers, and they have to change the way they do business. Precedent has not been recognized in a number of situations in a lot of criminal matters. And, you know, now the uh, district attorneys are getting search warrants for everything when before there was different protocols based on prior case law. And, and now, you know, there's so much uncertainty uh, with how the law has changed based on decisions that's come from the Superior or the Supreme Court. Oh, my. It, I, I'll tell you what, it's just, uh, it is uh, disheartening, you know, when you think about where things are going. But we do have the ability to change it around. And again, it starts with electing you folks here, nominating you on May 16th, you know, and electing you in November. Now, for our listeners who may not have had the opportunity to meet you at the dinner or one of the many meet and greets that you've held throughout the community or, or things like that, or have heard you on a previous show, do you want to tell them a little bit about yourself and your qualifications and why you believe that you would be a great uh, candidate or nominee here for Superior Court? Absolutely. Thank you for that opportunity. You know, I have a 30-year career of service 
I started practicing in northwestern Pennsylvania, where I'm from. I'm from a rural county, Clarion County, but I started up in Crawford County. I had my own law office for a while. I had a general civil practice, the types of cases that would go to the superior court, the family law, the real estate, the personal injury, the business law, the contracts, all of those types of things, custody matters, adoption, all that goes to the superior court. And then when my kids were still young, I chose to go into education for a while in higher education, and I taught criminal justice classes. I taught criminal procedure, juvenile justice, administration of justice. I was a former prosecutor in Venango County. You know, I've done the jury trials. I've done the bench trials. I've done the criminal matters. If appealed properly, would go to the Superior Court. I also had the opportunity to work under Governor Tom Corbett as one of his attorneys. I worked both in the Department of Health and Department of State. In the Department of Health, I oversaw all the licensing for home care, home health care, hospices, birth centers, as well as the Drug Device and Cosmetic Act. With that Drug Act, I worked in joint jurisdiction with the Office of Attorney General on many cases dealing with that Drug Act and medical devices and the protection of the consumer and the public. And then I had the privilege and honor to serve as a hearing examiner in the Department of State for a little over three years. I've issued hundreds of administrative decisions. You know, the Bureau of Professional Occupational Affairs does all the licensing for most of the professions that we have in the Commonwealth, whether you're a barber, a cosmetologist, accountant, a lawyer, or not a lawyer, a doctor, a nurse, a nurse practitioner, an architect, uh, if you're in motor vehicle sales, all of those types of licenses. If there was an issue related to that license where you had an underlying criminal matter or a mental health uh, issue, they would have been appeared before one of those six hearing examiners. I was one of six in the state that heard these cases. Mm-hmm. I also heard a number of cases for outside agencies. I heard cases for the Department of Corrections, Department of Health, Department of Education, your pension systems, the PSERS and the SERS, the Banking and Securities, Department of Military and Veterans Affairs, and so many more. Uh, the opinions that I wrote, if appealed, would go to an appellate court. In addition, the skills, the analytical skills, the writing skills, the demeanor that I would have as a hearing examiner are the same types of qualities and skills necessary of a judge sitting on the Superior Court. I also served uh, as an attorney for association. I also did, uh, I was a director of policy and government affairs. I understand what legislation is, and I know that's the job of the legislature. It's not the job of a judge. That's why we have three branches of government, and the judiciary is supposed to be independent, where the judges remain fair and impartial and review the facts of every single case and review the law and the Constitution. And it's so important that we elect judges that will do that and uphold those important principles as a judge. See, this is you're explaining this and and why it makes you a great candidate, and I agree. One of the frustrating things for folks like myself who are responsible for helping mobilize Republicans and get them to the polls to vote for our candidates are that, you know, for Democrats, this is a win-win for them, okay? If the Democrat wins, then they win because they get their activist judge. If the Republican wins, then they win because they get somebody that's going to roll according to the law and they're going to get justice that's blind and according to the law, you know? So for them, this is all fun and games for us. You know, this is our freedom. This is the future of our country at stake. This is, a, you know, the health and vibrancy of the communities in which we live, you know, and people's trust in government and the process and in the entire judicial system. So it is critical 
that we get folks out to help you. Now, Maria, if someone's listening to you and they say, hey, listen, I loved what Maria Batista had to say. I want to help her. How would they go about helping you? You know, we have a website, BatistaForJudge.com. They can follow me on Facebook, Batista for Judge. And there are ways that you can volunteer, whether you want to sign for the general election, whether you want to stand at a poll. You know, uh, there is a number of ways that you can check boxes on our website and ways you can get involved with our campaign. And we desperately need people to follow us on Facebook, have their friends follow us on Facebook, and get the word out of who we are. And, you know, the other thing that's very interesting about our ticket of foreign Mm -hmm. Republican candidates is that we're all geographically different. I am the most rural candidate in northwestern Pennsylvania. Judge Harry Smale is from the southwestern part of the state. Judge Carolyn Carluccio is from the southeast in Montgomery County, where she's the president judge. And then we have Megan Martin for Commonwealth Court, who's in central Pennsylvania from Cumberland County. You know, so we have a lot of representation across the entire Commonwealth, and it's important that you have diversity in geography as well as experiences. And I also bring that to the court. Uh, and and I, could, I couldn't agree more. Now, Maria, you talked about uh, your website. You said Batista for Judge. And then you said the Facebook has somebody who receives fan mail, which is what I call from comments that are, you know, some not so nice, okay? I think uh, we overestimate the ability of many folks out there to be able to spell correctly. Could you spell the website for us? Absolutely. It's B as in boy, A-T-T-I-S as in Sam, T as in Tom, A for F-O-R, judge, J-U-D-G-E dot com. That's fantastic. And now, now, Maria, can they also donate money to you there? Well, you know, I cannot talk about money as a judicial candidate. But But a way to try to help provide the resources necessary for their campaigns to be able to take and bring their message to you, to introduce themselves, their qualifications, and, you know, their belief in how they would rule according to the law, meaning, you know, uh, uh, according to the law as opposed to being activists, okay, uh, they do require resources. And if you go to the website, you might be able to find a link there that would be able to help you uh, help them. So, no, this is great, Maria. So, uh, you know, tell us what you're finding as you're traveling the state you know, what are the issues? What are the things that are people talking to you about? What are the things that most concern them? You know, it's interesting you just asked that question because I was at a, uh, a restaurant this morning in Clearfield County called Spanky's, and I was talking to a number of folks that were eating there this morning, and I asked them specifically, what do you want to see in a judge? If you were peering before the, them, what would you want to see? And, you know, the first response was, no one ever asked us that question. And so one gentleman said, you know, we want you to be fair and impartial and keep politics out of the courtroom. And that is so true. And that's what everybody wants. They want a equal opportunity to be heard. They want to be treated with respect. And they want the judge to be fair and impartial. Those two words, fair and impartial, was resonating with the people at that restaurant this morning, saying that is the most important thing, and politics has no business in the courtroom. And that is true as well. Okay. Well, that's good. I think, that, I think that's common <clears throat> that with what many of the people across the Commonwealth are feeling, you know? 
Um, I mean, people, again, you just want to be treated fairly, right? And that's a word that's used so often, you know, in, in dialogue today in politics, but apparently means so many different things to so many different people, you know, and, uh, you know, again. If you keep your personal views out of the courtroom, if you keep your politics out of the courtroom, both of which you're supposed to do as a judge, and you follow the judicial code of conduct, um, a judge is to be fair and impartial. So if you do your duty as a judge, you would automatically be doing that anyway. And that's what the people expect. Well, and, and that's what we know that we can count on getting from you should we nominate and elect you here in November. And I'm very excited about the opportunity to do that. I, I was telling here at the beginning of the segment, my mail-in ballot is on its way. I got notified. And I can assure you that I'm going to be checking the box next to you and our other three endorsed candidates and returning that thing as soon as possible because I can't wait to get those in. That'll free me up you know, to spend the next 50 days or next however many days we have until the primary out there trying to get other folks out to vote and working the polls. So I'm very excited about it and very excited about voting for you. I really appreciate that. I appreciate your support. I appreciate the support of Allegheny County. Uh, you guys do a great job in Allegheny County, and I look forward to coming back soon. Well, we, we look forward to having you. I mean, listen, it, it is tough. Uh, I mean, uh, as a candidate, you know, you've spent time, you understand the, the state. And it's frustrating sometimes for folks. We do the best we can in Allegheny County, but folks need to understand that there is a more than two-to-one registration advantage Democrat to Republican here in Allegheny County. Okay, so while we are the second most populous county in the state and have more Republicans than any other county in the state, there are still, you know, twice as many Democrat registered Democrats as there are registered Republicans. So what we can do or what we try to do is to get as many of those Republicans that we have here to turn out to offset the votes of the Democrats here, as well as any that are coming out of Philadelphia to allow some of the more Republican areas of the state help carry us to victory in these statewide races. And I expect us to be able to do that this year. And hey, listen, we we had a great uh, run here in 2021 where three of our four candidates won on the judicial appellate court elections. Uh, I wish we would have been able to get all of the four across. So our goal this year is to do better than we did then. <clears throat> but I know that it can be done, Maria. And I really look forward to helping and supporting you to making that happen. And I can tell you, uh, speaking for all the folks here in Allegheny County, we're excited to see you next time you come in and can't wait till that, that comes. So, hey. I look forward to that opportunity. And I want your listeners to know that if they come in my courtroom through representation or otherwise on an appeal, or if it's one of those very unique original jurisdiction cases, uh, it doesn't matter whether you're Republican, Democrat, independent, not registered, or some other party affiliation. When you're in that courtroom, you will be treated the same no matter who you are. I think that's all that anybody can expect, right? That's right. That's right. Well, listen, Maria, thank you so much for joining us today on The Elephant in the Room here. We really do appreciate it and look forward to having you back on again. Okay? Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed my time with you, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Well, you have a great day. Thanks, Maria. Thank you. Bye-bye. John, that's fantastic, okay? We heard from Maria. She told us how folks can help her. And she's out there speaking on behalf of all the endorsed candidates. And for our listeners, again, who may not have been listening earlier in the segment, you know, that is Judge K 
Carolyn Carluccio, president judge of Montgomery County, running for Pennsylvania Supreme Court, and we absolutely need to take and elect her on May 16th. We have Judge uh, Harry Smale from Westmoreland County. Westmoreland County Common Police Court is running, along with Maria here, Maria Batista, for Superior Court. And then we have Megan Martin, who's running for Commonwealth Court. All four of these folks we need to elect, as well as our local slate. I mean, hey, here in Allegheny County, folks, Joe Rocky running for county executive. Joe is the most qualified candidate that's out there. We need to take and vote for Joe. You know, uh, we have two great Republicans who stepped up and are running for row office. One is Herb Olinger. Herb is the uh, you know, the chairman of one of FOAC's you know, uh, branches, and he's also the treasurer of RCAC, but Herb is running. Uh, we need to write him in, and his last name is O-H-L-I-G-E-R, okay? We got to write Herb in, and then He's running for treasurer and to replace John Weinstein. And then we have Bob Howard. Bob has been a mentor to many of us. Bob is a former corporate executive. He was the treasurer of PPG Europe. So he's eminently qualified. Is running for controller to replace uh, current uh, Corey O'Connor, who is filling the uh, unexpired term of former controller Chelsea Wagner. And then you have on county council, you have myself as the at-large. I humbly ask you for your vote. We have Suzanne Filiaggi in District 2. I talked earlier in the first segment about her qualifications. Folks, if you haven't had the opportunity to meet Suzanne, my God, and you live in District 2, my gosh, you should. She is absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. I mean, I really uh, knows how to do this. Former school board uh, director at North Allegheny. For, she's an attorney. She's a small business person, chief operating officer of her business. She's great. You heard from Mike Embracia today. Mike is running for district, for county council in District 5, looking to get him. And then also in District 6, we have a candidate, Sean McGrath. Folks, I uh, want you to write Sean's name in. And if you go to our website, you'll be able to find more information, sign up our letter for our newsletter at www.allegheny.gop. That's allegheny.gop. And there's links there to find the candidates. There's links there where you can take and uh, sign up for our newsletter. There's also links there where you can donate. If you're interested in helping the Republican Party here in uh, Allegheny County, be able to spread our message, be able to reach out to some of these voters who don't vote on a consistent basis and need that little push, whether it be by phone, by mail, or just knocking on their door, okay? So, folks, we're very excited here, John. I, I, I tell you, we, you know, we got a lot of things going on. It's very busy, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm very optimistic as we move forward with this year. What do you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, as you said earlier today, you know, I got my message too about uh, the mail ballot coming in here. It's very reassuring here, and uh, you know, I think that's one of our priorities here, trying to get more people to get these mail-in ballot applications into people's hands. And that's sort of been the priority of the committee lately. Yeah. And, that, and that's where the focus needs to be. Hey, Democrats did a phenomenal job. <clears throat> people aren't, Democrats are winning elections in here in Pennsylvania, but it's not because people like their ideas more. Yeah. It's because they're executing on it from an election infrastructure perspective better than we are. Yes. You know, in this past election, they got 850,000 in 2022, the midterms, they got 850,000 votes from people that had little to no voter history. That meant that they got 850,000 votes from people that hadn't voted, only voted in one of the past two midterms, or hadn't voted in either of the past two midterm elections. 
okay? <clears throat> we got 45,000, right? Folks, that is not a winning strategy. That is not a combination that we can continue to allow to uh, per persist or we're going to be in a world of hurt. Yeah, but that's why we're here. That's why John's doing what he's doing. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. That's why the 800 plus members of the Republican Committee of Allegheny County are doing what they're doing. We're here. We're working hard on your behalf and we're looking to make some change. Okay. So please go to our website, vote for our candidates. And if you can, we'd appreciate any support you can give. Until next week, this is Sam DeMarco signing off for the elephant in the room. Have a great day.